Good morning, Crossroads. Thank you all for being here this morning. Uh, for everyone that's in the building, I want to thank you for coming. I don't know why you're here, but I bet it's probably to pray for either yourself or for somebody else, or you need encouragement, or you need joy. And for whatever reason, we're glad that you're here. We're glad you're here worshiping with us. Uh, for those of you who are joining us online, we want to thank you for tuning in. Please just drop a line in the comments. Let us know you're watching with us this morning. And for everyone in the auditorium, would you please stand and worship with us?
What a wonderful day. You may be seated, please. Aren't you thankful to be here this morning? Let's thank our great God. What a great God we serve. Today, we'd just like to uh, go over a few announcements. First of all, I'd like to welcome everyone. We're so glad that you're here today. And as we are just moving forward in uh, making disciples who will make disciples, we know that God is doing great things here at the church. I want to thank you, first of all, for all those that were able to be here for Refuel One Day this week. On Tuesday, we had a great day. Here's just a few pictures that will uh, be some scenes from Refuel that we saw. We were able to host this conference here. It was a citywide thing. There were more than 30 churches represented here uh, on on Tuesday all day. You know, it was snowing. Uh, One of my friends from the south took this. He was enamored by our snow. He's like, man, we had 200 people even in the snow. I was like, that wasn't snow. That was called a dusting, all right? That was called nuisance snow is what we call that, right? And he's like, wow, down where I live, they'd be, they'd be shut down. So I stole a few of these pictures from him and threw them up. But uh, I want to say thank you for all of our church family who worked so hard to make that happen and, uh, and just for the good things that God had done here. And so we, uh, we are making progress. We're helping people. You know, one of the things I believe for our church is to, uh, that we should give to our community and also to help other churches. We want to help other churches. Be, uh, be moving in the forward in the same direction that we are, making disciples who will make disciples. My good friend Kevin Carpenter, he's from out here in the, in the middle of nowhere, I call it. It's, uh, yeah, it's Daisy Town, all right? So if you know where that is, it's the middle of nowhere. And, uh, and he, he had like 10 people came with him, and he was so happy. And a number of people, and a number of you were here, and I want to thank you. Let's thank God for a great day Tuesday was. It was a wonderful day here at the church. And then I also want to, I just want to give you just a few announcements. Number one is our women's retreat is coming up. And so Kara is going to come up and just share a brief word about the women's retreat. And ladies, we want to encourage everyone to go and how that you can, how that you can find uh, information on how to be there, right? Once they turn the mic on, they'll figure this out. And, uh, but this is coming up. It's always a great time for the women of our church to get away. Good morning, everyone. Um, well, yes, I'm here to just remind all you ladies of the women's retreat, uh, well, the women's retreat coming up March 25th to the 27th. Um, I highly encourage everyone to come. It really is a life-changing weekend and just relaxing and just to hang out with some really great women. Um, so this week, um, out in the foyer, you got you ladies will see Allie Slagle, and she'll give you this yellow envelope. You won't be able to miss it. Um, but in, in this is just some information on registration, just a little bit about the weekend. And our key speaker, um, so you can fill out the registration and just send it back in this envelope. And, yeah, we hope to see you all there. All right. Thank you, Kara. We appreciate it. And so I want to encourage everyone, all the ladies in the church, jump on board. You will enjoy that. It's a good time away. Uh, focusing on building some friends here at the church, building your friendship with God. So we're excited about that opportunity for the women of our church. And then uh, we have just a few other announcements here. Coming up next Sunday, the 6th, is our um, on the 6th of, we have the, it's the membership class. It's the Next Steps class. There it is. Next Steps class will be next Sunday, the 6th, from 4 o'clock to 6 o'clock. If you say, I'm ready to take my next step. What is my next step here at the church? I want to encourage you to jump in there. Um, this is where you'll learn what it means to be a member of the church. We answer a little bit of the history of the church, the vision, the mission of the church. So uh, we, we, we've done these before right after church, and, and we've said, well, people need a little break after church. So we're going to allow you to go home, get some, get some lunch, and rest a little bit, and that way you don't have to nap through the sermon, okay? You just, uh, you, you'll be ready to go, and you'll come back, and you'll hear, uh, and I'll be leading that class. It'll be from 4 o'clock to 6 o'clock here at the church. <laughs> 
next Sunday. So if you would like to be a part of that, please sign up uh, through our website or you can stop through stop by the Welcome Center. But go to the website and you'll see the card as you scroll through. It says Next Steps Class and then you can sign up for the Next Steps Class and uh, we'll know that you're coming and be prepared for you. Also, I, I want to encourage you our 21 days of prayer. Today is the wrap-up of our 21 days of prayer. Some of you started a week late. Some of you started two weeks late. Some of you are starting today. I just want to encourage you keep going wherever you're at in the 21 days. If you started with us on the 9th, you're wrapping up. If you um, started with us a week later, I know snow knocked uh, snow and cold weather. We've had a, a up and down with uh, weather getting here. But I want to encourage you as those things are happening that uh, that you can you can continue on the 21 days of prayer. We gave out the journals 21 dangerous prayers, and I want to encourage you to pray every one of them. Uh, prayer is not really dangerous, but I'll tell you what, it is more dangerous than saying, oh, Lord, bless me. Oh, Lord, do something for me all the time. It's, these are getting down to the heart. Lord, change my heart. Lord, move in my heart. Make me the person that you want me to be for your honor and your glory. And then I want to also share with you uh, that you can go to the website. Go to the 21 Days of Prayer. And as you go to that website, go there and you can put in there your story. If you'd like to share something with us. Hey, God taught me how to fast during this time. I saw God answer this prayer. Share some of the victories with us. We'd love to hear from you. All right? And then also coming up here, we have our birthday gift to Jesus. We ask you to pray for 100000 and that thing just keeps climbing just a little bit more. Today, I can report to you that we have so far received $139,600. Amen? God is so good. The first 100,000 has already gone out. Those have all been sent to the, to the missionaries. This week, we're going to start to send the rest of this on out. And we're going to help missionaries. Some of them that were on there, they're going to get a, a bonus. We're going to be helping the ones with overseas. That'll be our priority. Think of in Nepal. We were planting 15 churches. Now we'll be able to plant 20 churches. Uh, some of the kids in Haiti, some of the kids in Ecuador, will be able to bless them a little bit more. So I'm so thankful, and I'm, I want to just praise the Lord for what He's doing in our church. God is good. Only God can do this. Ephesians 3.20 says, Exceedingly, abundantly, above what we could ask or think. That's what this is all about. God has done this, and we give Him the glory. Let's shower Him with praise this morning. We give You the glory, Lord. We thank Thank you, Lord. And I want to thank you for your faithfulness in giving. You've been faithful in giving to the Lord. And as you've been faithful, God has just been doing some tremendous things in our church. People are coming to know Jesus every week. You know, I just walked over the gymnasium and I just took a walk around. I saw all kind of kids coming in. And I said, man, this is wonderful when you see the teenagers getting excited about coming to church. And then whenever you see uh, young people all over this place, there's kids downstairs all over the place. God is moving, and we're just so thankful. Let's go to the Lord in prayer, shall we? Our Father and our God, we come before you, Lord, and we thank you, Lord. Thank you for what you're doing in our midst. God, you have been moving. You are, you are doing what only you can do. God, we thank you that as we've been giving unto your name, Lord, you've been blessing people around the world. Lord, and as, as you've been choosing to bless people around the world, you're also blessing us. You're changing our heart. You're transforming our heart on the inside out. God, thank you for what you've done here. Thank you for what you will continue to do. And Lord, I ask that you'll be with us as we continue to sing to you, Lord. We worship you in spirit and in truth. And so, Lord, as we worship you in spirit, Lord, it's wonderful to, to sing to your name. You are the light in the darkness. You are the light of the world. God, we, uh, great are you, Lord. 
And Lord, as we give to you, we give to you because you are great. It's because of your greatness. You have provided for us. We in turn return thanks to you. And God, you provided for us, so we give back to you. We bless your name because great are you, Lord. God, I pray you'll bless each gift and each giver, Lord, as we continue to give. Giving online, giving through the boxes on the wall in the auditorium, the foyer. Giving through the mail, Lord. God, you are doing what only you can do. And, Lord, it's an honor and a privilege to be able to send these gifts around the world. God, we thank you and we ask for you to uh, just put your presence upon this service now as, uh, as we worship you and look into your word in just a few moments. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Your 
thank you for these truths this morning that we can look to you and no matter what circumstance our lives are in right now we know we can look to you as our living hope we come here this morning accepting your spirit your guidance your breath in our lungs as we praise you this morning dear heavenly father prepare our hearts this morning for your word help us draw closer to you in every single breath we take in your heavenly name we pray amen been talking about proverbs things that uh these are verbs that are going to give your life how to live like a pro how to live for god uh how that how that your life will function best according to god's plan and as we've been looking at these proverbs we found that we need wisdom and one of the one of the wisdom things that we need one of the things that is so necessary for us to uh to live life according to God's plan and and to understand is to have an area of wisdom in the in the understanding of friendships. And I want you to think this morning about how vital and important the friendships are. 
Jack Warner, who was one of the uh, one of the last brothers, he was the last of the five living Warner brothers, and uh, sold all of his stock in the 1960s. He, uh, he had sold all of his stock for $640 million. And one reporter asked him, you know, saying it's $640 million, said, how many friends do you have in the world? And Jack Warner sadly replied, he said, I don't have a single friend in this entire world. And so, you know, he was understanding, yeah, a lot of people came to him for a handout. A lot of people wanted to be around him for his fame, for his fortune, but he didn't have a true friend in the world. And, you know, everybody wants a friend. Everybody needs a friend. Loneliness is rampant in our world. People are like, that's the number one, one of the biggest problems in our world today is loneliness. And when you think about the loneliness that people are dealing with today, it's many times because of broken friendships. Many times because we don't have a real friend. We have people, we have acquaintances, we have different levels of just people in our life. But, you know, when you can count the real friends on your one hand, if you can fill this one hand with real, true friends, you're a very fortunate person. Because we live in a culture that doesn't value that, right? We live in a culture that values individualism. We live in a culture that values your success. We live in a culture that values so many other things, but the importance of friendship is, is so necessary. And so God has given us so much in His Word. Over here in the book of, um, in the book of Proverbs, we find so much. You know, you go throughout and look at one of the, what was num- one of the most number one best-selling books in our world. Uh, you have the Bible, obviously, is, is always been the all-time top seller out there. But another top seller has been for years is how to win friends and influence people. I own it, don't you? I mean, I want to know how to. I want to know how to deal with people. I want to know how to have friends, right? And so, how to win friends and, and influence people? Everybody needs friends. And I want to remind you, it's God's plan for your life that you have friends. As we go through the scripture, you'll find that uh, everybody in the Bible, uh, there, there were they had friends. There was friends that were in strategic locations. You had David and Jonathan. These were good friends. I mean, you look at David and Jonathan. Jonathan's dad was after David. Ready to kill them, and they become the best of friends. They make a, a commitment to be the best of friends. You look at Jesus and the disciples. There were 12 disciples. They hung out, and they, they were together all the time. For three, it was like a three-and-a-half-year missions trip that they were on. You know, whenever I used to take the teenagers on missions trip over to New York City, those were some of the best times that I had. I, here at Gar, I remember we went to Trinidad. I think you went to Trinidad, right? That was some of the best times that we ever had because we were we were just hanging out together, and it was like, man, it was church on steroids. I mean, you had eight days to hang out with me. Oh, I'm sorry. Maybe that wasn't steroids, all right? But listen, we were eight days together. We were getting sunburnt, man. We, were, you know, I'm down in Trinidad. And I got the sunburn all over the place. Those guys have some of the best memories of me doing stupid things. And you see, that's what friends are. Friends are people, and we've made a lifelong bond. And many of those people that, we, that we've shared that experience. And so Jesus, he did that with his 12 disciples. They went on a three-and-a-half-year missions trip. Paul and Silas, and then Paul and Barnabas. I mean, you always got to have a good friend. So I want to encourage you with this. Friendship is not accidental. Friendship is something that must be intentional. So if you're taking notes in your notes there, number one, real friends are intentional. Would you say that with me? Real friends are intentional. Real friends are intentional. They are committed. 
And that's what a real friend takes. Uh, in order to have a friendship, it requires time. It requires somehow of a commitment that I have to you. Proverbs 18.24 is a powerful verse. It says here that a man of many compassions may come to ruin. But there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. And every time I've read that throughout the years, I said, oh, yes, I have a friend who sticks closer than a brother, and that is Jesus. Well, that is one application of that verse. But I want to tell you the direct application. He's talking about relationships. And he's saying that you may have many companions. You may have many people that call you friend, but there is a friend the type of friend that you really are looking for is the one who sticks closer than a brother. Now, let me tell you about family relationships. Actually, you could tell me about family relationships, right? They don't always stick close. Sometimes we stick close because we have to. Did you ever notice that? It's like, you know, whenever you get a call from a family member in the middle of the night, you're like, oh, my goodness, i got to help him again. His hot water tank went on. i got to go over and do this, Right? But when you have a friend that you call in the middle of the night, they don't have to stick with you. And the friend that you call in the middle of the night, you know that they're close to their brother because they answered the phone. You know what happens when you call me in the middle of the night? Nothing. <laughs> but if you're my friend and I call you, I get up. Now, listen, if a good friend calls in the middle of the night, I've had a number of those calls, a good friend calls in the middle of the night. Man, I look at it and I say, okay, this is not telemarketing. This is my friend, and if he's calling me at 2 in the morning, there's, there's, a, there's a problem. And so you answer it and you go after it. And, and, and this was, listen, this culture that they were in was a highly family-oriented culture. The culture was all family. So he says here that beyond family, we need a friend. And so friends are vital. And I believe that friends are vital to your Christian growth, to your walk with the Lord. If you don't have this friendship, uh, another friend to come alongside of you, it's harder to go the journey. So we see that obviously your relationship with God is number one, is most important. But whenever you come and you begin to realize that I need a friend, Everybody needs a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Um, we have acquaintances. You know, there's, a, there's many people that call you friends. So, so you have like these levels of friendship. You have acquaintances. Then you have companions. He says, man, you, can, you may have many compa- companions, but what you really need is a friend or two that will stick closer than a brother. You know, people that are often popular, you see people that are popular. Everybody wants their, you know, wants their, wants to be around. They're famous. They have fortune. They're, they're, they're people are coming and standing in line to get something from them. Many of those people that are so popular end up having no friends because they're just so busy impressing everybody. They're busy trying to make everybody happy, trying to, trying to give you what, what you want. And in the meantime, the scriptures tell us here that you need to have a friend that will stick closer than a brother. Um, some friendships are more loyal than brothers, you could say it like that. You know, the, in the Scriptures, we saw covenant friendship. You saw David and uh, Jonathan. They had a covenant friendship. You saw Joseph. You saw Jacob. There were covenant friendships. And so they, they make a, a commitment. I am making a commitment to be your friend. And so as I look through my friends in, in my life, the people that I know that are on my inner circle of friends, like the ones who are my friends who stick closer than a brother, I'm reminded that we didn't make a formal contract. You know, could, wouldn't that be a little bit weird today? 
hey, Gar, would you promise to be my friend? Sign right here. That would be so cool, you know. But listen, here's what happens. There's a couple guys that I've known for a lifetime. I call ourselves the Three Amigos. Phil Allen, Ron Drisler, Ken Barner. We were just a couple teenagers that came to this church because they were giving away free stuff. Sorry, Roger, but free pizza, right? They were giving away free pizza. Roger's my, my health coach. Anyhow, free pizza. They were giving away free pizza. Sorry, Roger. I'm sorry. Roger's going to kill me now, all right? I need, you're going to need another pastor. Anyhow, so listen, um, the, the, me, Ronnie, and Phil, we came out here because it was fun. And they ran a bus back in those days. It was a yellow. Some of them were yellow. Some of them were pink. Some of them were blue. Whatever paint they had, they kept painting on buses back in those days. But they sent the bus down to Dormont, which is only nine miles from here. And they brought us out, and, uh, and we had so much fun out here. And we hung out here, and, and we grew up here. And so me, Phil, and Ron, last night Ron was here. Phil's daughter was playing, playing the, the keyboard up there. And, and we are still friends. And we did not sit down and say, hey, here's a formal commitment to our friendship. But we have been those brothers that stick closer, or friends that stick closer than a brother. And and so that has been our M.O. throughout life. And so I'll tell you what, last night Ron was here, and I had fun talking to Ronnie afterwards. And we're just, you know, our kids are at the point where, you know, my daughter's married, and his kids are not far behind on that. And so we're just starting this journey of life together to the next phase. And we realized that that we have been committed to each other. And if they call me, it doesn't matter what their need is, I am there for them. And the same for me. And I'm not afraid to call on those guys because they are my inner circle. I have another couple guys that I go to breakfast with once a week. And, and man, it wasn't like we said, you know, hey, let's sign a contract to be best of friends. Uh, these guys called me and, you know, one guy called me one day and said, hey, you know what, I, I think it'd be cool if we just started going to breakfast every week. And I was like, well, that's cool. We can go to breakfast. And so we started going to breakfast, and, and now it's become, become a staple. And so there, there's balance to this. You know, you've you got to have, a, you have your marriage. My wife is my best friend. But beyond that, I need other friends in my life. We have other couples that we hang out with. We have, I have other men that encourage me. And uh, men need men. Women need women. You need somebody else to come alongside of you and to be your friend. But there's a balance to this. And I want you to catch this because in, over in Proverbs 25:17, and I don't have it on the screen, but if you were to look up Proverbs 25:17, it says this. Don't spend too much time in a neighbor's house or he will become weary of you. Is there not truth in that? Like, man, my, us three amigos, we're hardly at each other's houses. We'd be weary of each other. You know, hey, come on over. We're having pizza today. Hey, come on over. It's, we're going to watch a football game. You've got to come to my house to watch football. No, it's not like a friendship is not like owning you. A friendship is, it's a friendship. It's somebody who comes alongside of you. And so there are times that you hang out, but there are many times that you're not hanging out. You, they're, they're along the same journey. There's time spent together, but we're not excessive about it. And so I think we have to remember that. So we have to carefully cultivate time together. And that's what the three amigos did. Us three amigos, we spent time together. We didn't, we didn't even think about it. We were young. We spent time together. And then as we started to grow older, yeah, we spent time. And now it's kind of like, hey, we have this friendship that we have developed and built. The same is true for you. What, who are the people in your life that you would say are the friends who will stick closer than a brother? 
Uh, you can probably count them on one hand. If you can use two, you're, you're an incredible person. Um, r- number two in your notes today is that real friends are considerate. They're sensitive. And I hesitate to use the word sensitive because sensitive makes you think, ah, I'm going to cry all the time. No, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about sensitive in this fact. Um, we are sensitive. We are considerate of other people. And we are in tune to the relationship. So Proverbs 25, 20 says this, Whoever sings a song to a heavy heart is like one who takes off a garment on a cold day and like the vinegar on soda. And I'm like, what is this verse talking about? If you have a heavy heart and I'm like, you know, you're, you're grieving and I'm like, zippity-doo-dah, zippity-yay, get over it. Boy, I don't owe you very well, do I? I have completely missed it. And he says here, it's like going outside on a cold day without your garment. Could you imagine uh, going outside today without, you know, going out in your swim trunks out there today? You know, that would be wonderful, you know. Um, you know, take the polar bear swim. He says it's like that. Or like vinegar on soda. And I was like, okay, one translation says that it's like vinegar on a wound. I'm researching, I'm like, what is this vinegar on soda? And the, the word for soda there is like this, it's some sort of chemical, like a nitrate or something. And it's this idea, if you've ever taken vinegar and put it on baking soda, go home and try that. I was going to do it this morning, but my wife's like, you could blow the place up. Don't do that. So I want to encourage you, go try that today for lunch and watch what happens. It just has a reaction. And so whenever you do that to your friend who's struggling and you come along to them and you're not in tune, you don't really care about them, you're only thinking about your mood and your atmosphere, you then come along to them and you, give, you come along with, and you sing a song to this heavy heart and you've, you've, uh, you've really hurt them. Proverbs 26, 18 and 19 says, Just as damaging as a madman shooting a deadly weapon is someone who lies to a friend and then says, I was only kidding. Wow. Look at the next verse, Proverbs 27, 14. Whoever blesses his neighbor with a loud voice rising early in the morning will be counted as cursing. God doesn't count it as cursing, but your neighbor does. Did you ever do that? Did you ever annoy somebody in the morning? How many of you are morning people? Okay, about 10% of you. Yeah, that's why the 930 service is full. Hey, listen, I want you to think about morning people. Um, I'm not a morning person. I get up in the morning, but I, that's not my favorite part of the day. Um, you know, and I understand some people need, need, uh, need some oil to get going. You call it Starbucks. You know, and you, put, you fill that, cup, that mug with your oil. It's Texas tea, right? And, and you start to drink that, and all of a sudden you become a human. Like, like, I never did that all my life. And since January, I've been starting to have a cup of coffee in the morning before I start my day. I'm starting, I like sit there and I think. I'm like, hey, I'm a human now. I think I can function. All right? And that's what happens. But if you go and you, you get in somebody's face before they've had their first cup of coffee, and you're like, well, I'll never forget back to, again to the youth, youth work days. We would do youth camp. And, you know, when you take teenagers away, they don't like to sleep at night. Never at night. Like I would say, okay, it's midnight. Go to bed. Everybody would go to bed. And then I would try and go to bed. And then I would just look out the window and watch them all run out of the rooms <laughs> with toilet paper, 
the toilet paper in my room and peanut butter for, well, I'll leave it all there, all right? They had so many tricks that they would do, and, uh, and I'd be chasing them all night long. Finally, about 3.30, they'd run out, they'd tuck her out, and I'd come over and I'd be like, okay, we're supposed to get these kids up at 7 for 8 o'clock breakfast. And I'd go in, waking them up at 7. <laughs> they wouldn't move. So one year I took a bullhorn and I said, I'm going to teach these teenagers a reality lesson. And I went in with that bullhorn. I remember going around. I sang, good morning, good morning, good morning. It's time to rise and shine. And I'm going around with this bullhorn. And you know what? I didn't create any friends that day. (laughs) And neither will you if you treat your friend like that. I strongly recommend not treating your spouse like that either, okay? It doesn't work. And my kids never enjoyed it either. I've sung that quite a few times. My kids could probably sing it to me. And I beg them not to sing it to me at 6 a.m., all right? Whoever blesses his neighbor with a loud voice rising early in the morning will be counted as a curse from, from their friend. And why would we do this? Because we're not emotionally connected. And see, a friend requires, a, a true friend is going to be emotionally connected and understand where you are at. Um, They don't know the ups and the downs, and they're not understanding where I'm at. All they think is where they're at. They don't understand that they are actually irritating. All they're thinking is their humor, their fun, their life. And so I have to be sensitive to this. Everybody's got to be sensitive to this because I've got to always be thinking, how is it received? How am I helping them? And, And see, here's what happens. Friends voluntarily tie their hearts together. Jesus did this for us. Jesus voluntarily tied his heart to ours, and he went to the cross. He endured suffering. You see, whenever a friend calls that I have to go do something for a friend, I endure suffering. I have to do something. Well, let me tell you what Jesus did for us. Jesus did far more than wake up in the middle of the night. He went all the way to the cross, and he surrendered his life on the cross. If you look at Hebrews 12, 2, the the author of Hebrews says this, Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. And then he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. And I want you to think about this because what was the joy set before him was not the pain and misery of the cross, but the forgiveness of your soul. You see, Jesus was known as the friend of sinners. And so Jesus understands. And so if you look through all these things in Proverbs, you will find them fulfilled in the person of Jesus because Jesus is the real friend. Amen? And I want to encourage you with that thought this morning. Uh, Proverbs 19.22 says that what is desired of a man is kindness. Boy, you, you, listen, as we're going through these marks of a real friend, I want you to think about your friends. And then I want, to think, I want you to think about how, I'm, how are you a friend. Do you have these qualities in your life? Are you a kind person? Men, we need kindness. We've been taught to be rough and tough all of our life. We've been taught to just give a piece of our mind. And God says, listen, kindness is, is, a, is, a, is a big part of the walking of God. It's a, the fruit of the Spirit of the Lord. <sighs> Number three, friends are trustworthy. You can trust a friend with a secret. Do you ever go tell, tell somebody something and then they told somebody else? I mean, it doesn't have to be anything Big and important. But the fact that they carried your story to somebody else, you just get mad. And you know what you do to that, friend? You don't tell them anything anymore. And look here, look here at Proverbs 11.13. says that gossip betrays a confidence, but a trustworthy man keeps a secret. 
So if you come to somebody and you, and you say, hey, this, this is my secret. Uh, the book of James says that whenever we confess our faults one to another, confess our sins one to another, and the Lord forgives and there's healing. And so what, what that means is that whenever I unload on my friend or two friends or three friends and, and we share this, man, I don't have to live a double life anymore. I don't, I don't have to pretend about anything anymore. I can be me, and the healing process can begin in my heart and soul, emotions and spirituality, everything. God begins the healing process. But if, if you have a friend who's a gossip, he betrays your trust. He betrays your confidence. And you're like, man, I can't trust that person. He won't be there anymore. I'm not going to tell him anything. You may have heard about the, the three pastors that were out fishing one day. First, uh, first, you know, these three guys were fishing and the, and the one pastor said, I got a good idea. Let's just be honest with each other and let's as, let's as men just unload our, our biggest struggle. What's the sin you deal with? What's the biggest struggle that you deal with? So the first guy goes, okay, here we go. He says, I got to admit to you, I struggle with greed. I love money, man. I just want to buy cars and things all the time and he unloads his whole soul. Second guy says, uh, yeah, that's, that's tough, but my problem is lust, and I struggle with my eyes and, and what I see and, and all the, you know, the opposite sex and just going through this whole story. And then the last pastor, he goes, well, I struggle with gossip. I can't wait to tell everybody. <laughs> I, I, I want to encourage you. Don't be the person of gossip. It destroys friends. If you shared your story with a friend and they took your negative story. Listen, gossip is one of the number one destroyers of relationships. And, and the Bible's real tough on it. We ask in our church that people not gossip. And when you go through our membership class, you come in next week, I'm going to give you one of the points. One of the points in there is we just say, hey, if you're going to be a member in our church, we don't gossip. Gossip is taking a bad story and repeating it. So we, we just don't do that. So it's, uh, we, we come alongside. A real friend holds a confidence, and you need that. And, and, and so as, uh, as we continue on here this morning, number four is this. A real friend can be honest. A real friend is honest, or you could say candid. They, uh, they're not afraid to tell you what you don't want to hear. Proverbs 27, verse 5 and 6 says, Better is an open rebuke than love that is concealed. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but deceitful are the kisses of an enemy. Your enemy will always flatter you. Your enemy will always tell you how good you look, how good it smells, everything. But only a real friend will come over and tell you that things aren't right. You know, it's like whenever I try to get dressed, and I've told you before about my color blindness. My wife and I, we go round and round every time I get dressed because the clothes I want to wear never match. She loves me too much to let me go out. Maybe she loves herself too much to let me go out like that. Okay? Uh, when we first got married, I wore brown. It was just brown. Everything was brown. And I said, that's an easy way to match everything. Just buy everything brown. It all matched. I'd go in. I'd say, what color is this? I said, could I have a brown one? i say, okay. And so I just bought everything brown. And uh, I remember one year I, I had, a, had, a, had a shirt on. It was all brown. Brown stripes. I wore it on St. Patrick's Day because I thought it was green. <laughs> My friends are still loving that one. But, but I want you to know today that a real friend can be candid with you. Better is an open rebuke than love that is concealed. 
open, honest, and frankness. Um, sometimes we just need to hear, hey, you're making a mess of your life. Don't for one minute think that by not telling your friend that they're destroying their life, that you are their friend. That is deep. I have dealt with this through my life. It is so hard for me to confront. Like, that's not something that anybody wants to do. But I'll tell you what, when it's somebody you love, you'll tell them, hey, you're destroying your life. You see, it's easy for us to go and have fun with a friend. That's not a friend. That's not care. Yes, we should have fun. Yes, there should be shared time. But if a friend is destroying their life, if a friend has an issue, you've got to tell them. And I have a number of friends that come to me that are my tightest circle. And I want to encourage you, you can only do this if you have the right. Like, I don't walk around and say, hey, you know, you got a problem. <laughs> yeah, you know what? <laughs> I won't even have a life, you alone friends, all right? You, you establish your friend, and in your friendship circle, you say, hey, listen, you know, this may not be the best thing for you. This is not in your best interest. And so, so as you start to look at that, you, start, you, you go along the journey, and you're able to confront. You're able to help somebody. You're, uh, help them to be considerate. You're considerate. You're honest when you do it. And you're, you're not somebody that's uh, overwhelming. You're not doing it with the wrong spirit. You're doing it because you really care. Um, and I want to give you three thoughts on this, how to correct somebody. Here it is. Number one, correct in private. You, you never correct publicly. You know, you don't come up and say, uh, hey, give me the microphone. I'd like to make a correction service today. No, you correct in private. You compliment in public. That's something good to know for your kids. As you're raising your kids, you compliment them publicly. You correct them privately. Um, secondly is this. You correct people when they're up, not when they're down. Somebody's had a really tough time. You don't go kick them when they're down. You don't go push them around when they're down. You, you pick them up. And as they, when they are up and they're able to receive the message, then you sit down and you say, hey, now listen, I know you had that car accident last week, but maybe I could help you with that. You really should buy new tires for your car, and you'll be able to stop on the snow. All right? So, so you're able to do that. And then lastly is that you should be ready to take correction yourself. Because if I'm not open to correction, how can I help anybody else? Uh, number five this morning, real friends are constructive. They help you. They build your life up. As iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. Iron. Man, iron is hard. It's tough, isn't it? As iron sharpens iron. As iron sharpens iron. You don't go with a stick of butter to sharpen an axe. You take iron on iron and you sharpen it, the hard sharpening. And this is what us men in the church need to do. This is what the women in the church need to do. Everybody needs to do this. We have influence with other people. The, the verse here, the, 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 sharpens, the, the iron sharpens iron. One translation says it like this, that friends shape friends. You will be shaped by the friends that you have in your life. And I want to encourage you to choose your friends wisely. Don't let your inner circle be people that are going a different direction. Like make the, 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 the three amigos, man, we are all in the same direction to this day. Our lives are Godward. Why? Because we put our lives together and we said we are walking the journey together. And so when we saw each one of us that were bumping along the journey, we pulled each other in and said, hey, what's going on? Hey, what's going on? Because that's what friends do. 
Iron sharpens iron, and I want to encourage you to do that, to be the, the iron that encourages and, and lifts each other up. Proverbs 27, 9 says that oil and perfume make the heart glad, and sweetness of a friend comes from his earnest counsel. You, you see, um, you, you get around, ever get around somebody who has a, a nice perfume or aftershave on? It smells good. Like, you know, Who's wearing that today? That's what you're like to your friend. It's sweet and it's so appreciated. Versus the other smells, right? (laughs) Listen, it is so appreciated. The sweetness of a friend comes from earnest counsel, encouragement to do the things of God. Number six, real friends are constant. Real friends are constant. A friend loves at all times. Proverbs seventeen seventeen. A friend loves at all times. A brother is born for adversity. Your brother has to be there because he's your brother. As the friend, you love at all times. You know, sometimes your brother is there for you, but he doesn't even like you. But your friend will be there all the time. A friend loves at all times. A friend walks in when everybody else is walking out. A friend walks in when everybody else is walking out. When it's thick, when it's thin, the friend is there. But the friend will not let you continue in your sin. The friend will not let you continue to self-destruct and hurt yourself. Proverbs 19, verse 6 and 7 says this, Many seek favors from the ruler. Everyone is the friend of a person who gives gifts. The relatives of the poor despise them. How much more will their friends avoid them? Though the poor plead with them, their friends are gone. And sadly, Proverbs says, listen, the reality of the world is that the world bases friends on transactions. And God says, listen, I want you to look at my example because Jesus is a real friend. And I want you to catch that today. Jesus is a real friend. Would you say that with me? Jesus is a real friend. You know, Jesus came to his disciples and uh, over in John chapter 15. This is just just a few few. Hours, really, before he's about to go to the cross, before he would pay for the sin of mankind. And he says this, greater love has no one than this, than one laid down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. And so he says, listen, you're my friends. You do what I've commanded you. It's not like, hey, if you, if you follow these rules, then you'll be my friend. That's not what he's saying. He's saying, listen, my friends, we're on the same path together. We're about people knowing the Master, about people having a relationship with Jesus. And so if you're on that same path with me, you are my friend. And he says, no longer do I call you slaves, for the slave does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friend. For all the things that I have heard from my Father, I have made known to you. I have called you my friend because I've told you, you're not a slave. You're no longer a slave, folks. You are the friend of God. And I want, to, I want you to consider this morning, are you the friend of God? Have you opened your heart and trusted Christ as your personal Savior? Are you the friend of God today? Well, Romans 5.11 says this, We can now rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. And he did that by the cross. And so today, you want to talk about a friend? Jesus was intentional. 
He was committed, and he still is committed to your friendship. He has come to you, and I want to encourage you to look at those things of God. He can keep a secret. Aren't you thankful to that? I confess my sins daily to the Lord. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us from all our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And then Psalms tells us that he takes our sin and he buries them as far as the east is from the west. You want to talk about a trustworthy confidant? Lord, I really don't. And God says, I know. I've been dealing with you for many years, Ken. I forgive you. And it's over. You tell that to a non-trustworthy friend, and it goes to the next person, and the next person, and the next person. I, I, I want to encourage you today. Look at God. He is the friend. Are you the friend of God? I want to give you a couple thoughts here as we wrap up. How do you apply this lesson today? Number one, start a relationship with God. Are you his friend? But many of you, many of you in here have already done that. So I want to encourage you. You're going to hear us talk about small groups. I want everybody in the church to get into a group because we need a friend. I'm not going to find them out in the world. You need to find somebody that's walking the same journey as you, that comes alongside of you and will be healthy and encourage you and and be the friend of God. With Be God's friend and be your friend. So I want to encourage you with that. Some of you will find that group by serving. You know, when you serve in the church, you begin to get to know people. I'll never forget, there was a guy in the church years ago. His name was Matt Pettigrew. Matt was my friend. I love Matt. But when I went to second grade boys, Matt was the helper. Matt, um, Matt is with the Lord now, but let me tell you about Matt. Matt, Matt was no teacher. He could not stand up and teach. He, he came in every day. He had a suit on and a red tie. And I'll never forget, he would just stand there and stare at us. And we're like, ooh. Matt learned my name. He goes, hey, Barner. How you doing, Barner? And then it became, I'm praying for you, Barner. But you know what? Through doing life together, Matt became my friend. I didn't go to his house too often, but there was a rhythm we came in here. And as I became an adult, I got like five sentences out of Matt at one time. It's really cool. But he was my friend. And I want to encourage you, Matt became the friend of a lot of people in this church. He was one of those pillars of the church, not because he ever stood on the stage. I don't ever remember him up here on the stage, but because he was quiet and he was here and he cared about people. And he said to me, hey, Barner, what's up? And I want to encourage you, who's the people in your life that are like that, that are the stable confidants? And whenever I needed something, I'll tell you what, I called Matt Pettigrew. Matt, would you pray for me? He goes, I already am. He was on the game for me. And I want to encourage you, get involved through serving. Um, invite someone else to, to, to go to lunch. Like, look around the church. Who could you invite to go to lunch? Like, lunch, you can do that. Breakfast. Dinner's a higher commitment, but you can go to lunch. Listen. Get a coffee. Hey, would you like to get coffee? I don't like coffee. Okay, you missed the point. Get a tea. Get a caramel macchiato. (laughs) But be together. Because God says that you need another believer to do the journey with you. And lastly but not least, 
Will you introduce your friends, your other people that don't know Jesus, would you introduce them to God? Hey, I'm a friend of God. I'd like for you to meet my friend. You know, when you go to a wedding or a party or something like that, I'll be there and I'll say, here's my friend John, here's my friend George. Hey, George, come here. I'd like for you to meet my friend John. Both of you are my good friends. I want you to introduce, and that's what I want to encourage you to do. Hey, I'm a friend of God. John, I'd like to introduce you to my friend. What? You're friends with God? Oh, that's, that's weird. Yeah, I know it sounds weird, but let me tell you, God is my friend. And you start to go through the sermon today. You can give him those six points because they're all the characteristics of God. Let's close in prayer. As we wrap up and close with a closing song this morning, before we sing, I'd like to just ask you this this morning to to pray and look at your relationships. Listen, I struggle with friends. Everybody struggles with friends, but you need a few that, that, that are going to be the solid factor in your life. Like Jesus is the solid foundation, I'm only building on that foundation. There's no other foundation upon which you can build. And you have to, you, you got to get people around you that say, hey, I'm on the same path. I'm following God, and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'll do breakfast with you. I, I'll, I'll, I'll sit with you. I'll go to church with you. I, I'll be your friend because I want you to know God more. Father, be with each person in this place, Lord, whether it's online or here in the auditorium. Lord, for those that need to trust you this morning as their personal Savior, God, I pray that that they would just whisper a prayer to you, something like, God, I need you. Lord, you are the real friend, and I need you to be my friend today. You died on the cross. You paid for my sin. You rose again. And I invite you into my life. God, thank you for making me your friend today. And for others in the church this morning, maybe you're looking and saying, well, I just need to, to reach out. Maybe it's stop by the Welcome Center and say, hey, I, I'd like to get involved in a group whenever they get started. Leave your name there and, and they will get that to the right person. We'll follow up with you this week. Uh, maybe it's, I'd like to serve. I need to get involved in serving. And, man, I'm going to meet people, and I'm going to be on a team, and we're going to play together. We're going to serve together here in the church. And maybe, maybe for others, it's, it's hey, I, 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 just, I just need a connection. I, I need to look for somebody and invite somebody to dinner. God, would you do your work? Allow your people to respond this week to the great and mighty I am. In your name we pray. Would you stand with us, please, as we close with this song? Praising Jesus today, lifting our voices, just thanking him for every breath that we breathe.